Welcome to Be Yoga Fresh. Yoga begins and evolves from within. It's a system of living and it's a process of self-transformation. And that's not easy. Trust me, my friends, it's not easy. But every form we make and every breath we take is an opportunity for you to open to greater awareness. And that, my friends, is yoga. So be you, be yoga, and be fresh. Let's get started. Hello, friends. We are here on a Sunday evening into the space of tonight's episode. We start yoga where we are. To review, there are many different meanings of the word yoga. Last week I told you it can be defined as union, to unite, to bind, to bring together, to recognize ourselves better. Um, And another definition that I gave you last week was to, excuse me, be one with your true self, with your higher self, with a higher power. Here is a further meaning of yoga, the word yoga, and yoga as a practice. To attain what was previously unattainable. So think about that one, my friends. There is something that you are unable to do today that you are able to do tomorrow. Okay? Or maybe there was something that you were unable to do last week that you now know you are able to do today. So that step, that step, that action is yoga. The content of yoga is universal. Yoga can be, or I should say, it is a way that we can make changes in our daily lives. Okay? So something to attain something, excuse me, that was previously unattainable. Okay, so I mentioned last week the traditional way to teach or to study yoga was private practice. So students were, it was private practice with their teacher. Students were alone with their teacher. And as Krishnamachara tells us, and I believe I told you, um, it's a private practice because you are talking to yourself through your teacher. You are trying to talk to your higher self, let's say your true nature. We're trying to talk to our higher power through our teacher. So we're communicating with ourselves, with our true nature, with the capital S, the higher self, through our teacher. So that is called Sarahaya, the self-study. Remember I mentioned that last week? And it's a way, so that self-study is a way to know ourselves deeper, right? To recognize ourselves better. Okay, so each person is different and we all have had different experiences that have shaped us into who we are. So we've had different physical experiences, different mental and spiritual experiences. So with that being said, Um, Let me backtrack. Each person comes into a yoga class for a different reason. I mean, there is a common theme a lot, but there are different reasons as well. So, um, 
each person comes in. I've heard I've heard many different reasons for starting a yoga class, but a, major, a big one, two big ones, right? It's going to be physical or it's going to be more that they're looking for equanimity. So I've heard physical issue, you know, I'm coming with help for blank issue or the big one, the one that I love is the doctor told them to come. So they have a back issue or a disc issue and the doctor told them to start a yoga practice. Um, but you know, people come in and they say they're stressed out. They're, they're looking to, for a way to manage their stress. Um, like I said, they're looking for more peace in their life, more balance in their life. Um, and maybe some of them are just, it goes back to physical. They just want to move. You know, they, they say like, you know, I feel like I need to move more. So I want to start this practice of yoga. So people come in with different, um, reasons to, to even start the class. So we all show up in the class for a different reason, which is why I always say we start, we show up on our mat for different reasons, right? So the practice really starts on the mat with yourself. Okay. Does that make sense? Are you guys with me still? Okay. So, um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit back to when I started a practice. Um, you know, when I started, I had an interest. It really was just, I had an interest to find out more about yoga. 15 years ago, classes were smaller. They were more scarce. There wasn't a lot of yoga around in, in Delaware, especially in Sussex County where I was living. So I really needed peace of mind. As I told you guys before, I just went through a really bad breakup and, uh, and I really needed peace. I needed some balance in my life. But I also had bad posture and I knew I always had bad posture through my life. So my first class was through an adult education class. I, I think it was at the, the uh, with Dell Tech, the local college down here, um, the community college. But it was um, with a lady who studied in India and our first class, we never stood up. We never got, we never got off the floor. We did a lot of floor work. Um, and when we did get up, it was just for mountain pose. It was just for Tadasana. So that teacher, when I think back on it, the teacher, um, really focused on our spine because when we did stand in Tadasana and do a couple four folds, it was a lot of ragdoll, um, coming up via the ragdoll motion where you're stacking one vertebra on top of the other. So there was this huge focus on our spine. And our spine is our life force, our life force, my friends. Okay. So a lot of you know that I say that a lot, but if you don't know, your spine is your life force without it, right? You, you, you wouldn't be here, right? The arms and the legs attach into the torso, right? And our head is at the top of the spine, right? So everything's connected through our spine. So for me back then, this teacher really resonated with me because I was there for my posture more than anything. And her classes focused on that. So, um, I also believe that when you know what you're looking for, the teacher shows up. Okay. So more on that later. So she was my first, I want to say guru in a way that really had me recognize my spine and some self study. Cause I was there for posture. I did a few more classes with some other people. And then um, I did, through this process, I developed this digestive, not through the process of yoga, let me retract that statement for a second, but through my yoga journey, when I started yoga, um, I had developed a digestive issue, right? So at this point, I jumped into yoga full force by myself through 
studying and, and, and reading books, right? So I, I went out, I, I had a doctor that I was seeing for my digestive issues. Um, she was a, a DO and she believed in going in a more holistic route. So I went and bought some holistic books and I was studying on my own, like some yoga poses for the digestive system. And I was working those poses at my house. So I was reading certain books, okay, um, on certain poses for, for just one issue. Then I found Brad's classes. So I mentioned him last week. So I consider him probably like my, my first big time guru, okay? So then I found Brad and he, and I promise you guys, this is all gonna tie together. So, you know, he was doing classes I think about this. He was doing classes in an art gallery in Milton, Delaware. It wasn't even in a yoga studio, my friends. It was in an art gallery surrounded by beautiful artwork in Milton, Delaware. So I guess he was my second guru, um, but my first big, big time guru, meaning because he took me deeper into myself. Okay. So I was already into my posture. I was already looking at poses. I was looking at some of these um, holistic books that were written by medical doctors um, for my own issues. I was doing my own uh, my own self-study. I wasn't aware that I was doing that at the time. Um, and then he took me a little deeper into myself by way of discussion um, and, and self-inquiry. Oh my gosh, my friends so much self-inquiry. I love to tell my yoga trainees now about how some days I just showed, it was me, I was the only person that would show up for the class and Brad would sit in a chair. Um, and he used to tell me like, you're gonna be able to do this by yourself. And I'm like, no, no, you know, I fought it. And then one day he just sat in the chair and I did the practice on my own. So it was a lot of self-inquiry. Um, and let me tell you, you guys, it was a lot of tears. If I think back to this time, there's a lot of tears, a lot of emotion coming up. So that's what I'm saying to you. He took me deeper into parts of myself that weren't physical. Like we went past the physical into the emotional and the mental. So there was a lot of tears um, along with some not so pleasant nights, which I don't want to tell you because I don't want to scare you guys off. Um, but there were physical things happening to me that were a manifestation or I was releasing it, which was more mental, emotional releases coming out via physical. Okay. So, um, and I, I laugh, Brad would always say, you know, he would always say to me, no one said yoga is easy, Amy. It's not easy. And at this, now I realize, like back then I was like, what the hell is this dude talking about? Right. But I kept going back. Um, but now I realize that he meant the journey right? He meant the journey, this, the process of self-transformation is not easy. It's not. Most people, I took a friend with me. When we first went to Brad's classes, I dragged one of my friends along um, and she didn't stay. She didn't stick with the classes, right? It's not easy to look at ourselves. It's not easy to cry. It's not easy to allow things to happen. Um, and that's what I'm saying. I don't want to tell you like some of the stuff that, that I experienced. Um, but the path, the journey of self-transformation is not easy, my friends. So if you're sticking with it and you're having these experiences, kudos, man, kudos, cause it's not easy. So 
Um, Brad, so that was Brad, okay? So I don't want to get too much off topic with my own journey. Um, I do like to share my journey just because I feel for me, and again, I'm tying this into we begin where we are, okay? So for me, 15 years ago, it wasn't me wanting to begin a yoga class because I see like all these perfect poses and I want to achieve those poses. I didn't know what the poses were. I just needed some some equanimity. I needed some peace of mind. And, and I had bad posture. I was just trying to fix my posture, um, stand a little taller. Um, and then in turn, you know, I was fixing a couple issues. So um, I'm getting a little off topic here, but understand that I started, I started where I was, okay? And then it led me to um, different avenues, right? Different uh, places along the path. So let's take a quick break. Um, and we'll be right back. we're back. So before we took the break, I mentioned, you know, that I stayed in Brad's class, yet my friend did not. Okay. And neither, neither is good or bad. Um, I just want you to know that for me, I now understand what Krishnamachara is, you know, trying to convey in his statement that, you know, during a yoga practice, we are communicating with ourselves via you know, through our teacher. So I can say to you that for me, I was communicating with myself, with my true nature. I was trying to, right? I had to cut through the layers, but I was doing this, you know, with the tears and all. And I was doing that through my teacher, right? Through Brad. So for me, the private practice was a, oh my gosh, a wonderful thing. Um, I cannot say to you guys if I would have those same experiences in a public class with 10 or 15 people around me. Um, but in this private practice with him, I was able to allow those emotions to come up. I was able to allow, I was able to cut through it all in this private practice with him. Okay. So, and Brad used to say, I have to tell you this. I thought about it during the break. Brad always said, if you ain't crying, you're not doing yoga. And for me, I understand what he meant by that. For many of you, you're going to be like, I don't want to cry in a yoga class. Um, but for me in the private practice, I understand what he meant. If you're not crying, you're not doing good yoga, okay? Because yoga, again, is this communication or this union with all parts of your being, all facets of yourself. And we'll talk about the different layers in a different podcast. Um, and for us to cut through, I've said before, the issues live in our tissues. We're going to talk about that. Um, for us to cut through that, um, there's a lot of emotion that has to come up. So um, if you ain't crying, you're not doing yoga, right? So think about that one, my friends, um, this week. So where and how, you know, do you begin a practice? So 
should you start with reading books? Should you start with just meditation? Okay. Um, should you begin just in this weekly yoga class? Um, you know, on the physical letter level with asanas. Okay. Sure. I mean, they're all okay. It all depends. It all depends on our personal interest. It depends on our personal desires. So we begin, we begin with them. Okay. Yoga is a vast practice. I want you guys to remember that it is, it's a vast practice vast practice. It's more than the asanas. Um, it's a vast practice that eventually, eventually one path is going to lead to the other. So if I start with asana, with the postures, then it should be leading me into say yoga texts or more self-study. If I start with the reading and the philosophy and the meditation, that should be leading you over to the asanas. Okay. So we begin where we are, how we are. All right. We show up. And we just let our path unfold. Um, but do understand that authentic yoga, This and I'm saying to you authentic, meaning authentic with our higher self, um, that type of yoga is uniquely adapted to an individual's needs, right? Our needs, our desires, like I just said, our interest, okay? And then it goes even deeper into our physical ability and our mental, mental ability, okay? So I like to tell my yogi trainees that sometimes in a class when I'm teaching, you know, say a multi-level class, for me, ability is more about a student's focus than if they can perform the posture correctly, okay? So again, another podcast. But um, what, so what do I want to say here? So to, to be able to to uh, to do a practice or for you guys to have a practice maybe that does that is tailored to your needs, your desires, your interests, your physical ability, your mental ability, that's hard to do for a teacher. So in these weekly classes, don't get me wrong, you know, when I teach weekly classes, it's hard for a teacher to to adapt right the classes to 10 different students and their 10 different physical abilities their mental abilities their needs their desires their interests that is tough to do <laughs> okay so that is why that sometimes i'm going to say to you you need a private practice with a with with just you to a teacher okay um because yoga again needs to be um the yoga needs to be adapted to the individual and not the individual to yoga so um, you know, each student needs to be taken into account in that, in that respect, because like I said prior, we come to yoga for different reasons and we each have, um, oh my gosh, we each have different realizations, right? So my experience with Brad would not have been the same for you, your experience with Brad, right? So even if we have the same private private practice with the same teacher, we're not going to have the same experience or the same realization because our experiences are different. Our our structure, our, the, the, what I'm going to say, the emotional and um, the experiences that we've had through life are different, okay? That, again, is why the path is different for every student, my friends. No, let's see what I want to say here. Yoga is not going to be experienced by two people in the same way, okay? Um, a yoga pose is not going to be experienced by two people in the same way. And that'll go down to physical structure, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So, um, because we perform the asana differently due to our physical structure. So, um, but just to go off 
a little to the side. Again, each body resonates with themselves, their higher power differently. Okay. So we do guide our students through um, Patanjali's eight limb path. That's the path that we take. And um, I'll give it to you quickly here. It's something that we can discuss on, on, on more on future podcasts, but we have the yamas and the niyamas and their, their observances. So the yamas are these, uh, are, are observances outwardly to the world, you know, kind of how we navigate our way in the world. The niyamas are the personal observances. So how we observe ourselves. We have asana, which are the poses. You guys know that we have pranayama, which is the breathing exercises, pratyahara, which is, oh my gosh, um, <laughs> the withdrawal of the senses, so the withdrawal of our senses, um, and then that starts to lead us into the last three, which is dharana, dhyana, and samadhi, and those three um, are they deal with more of meditation, okay, so dharana would be um, establishing a link, you know, from the self to an object. The dhyana would be the communication between the two. And then the samadhi will be the total absorption <clears throat> into the object. Okay. So meditation. All right. So the path, that path, you guys, it doesn't unfold in a linear order. Okay. Nor do you have to follow it that way, right? We're not starting with yama to niyama to poses. Okay. So but we start where we want to start. So if meditation resonates with us, then we start there, okay? And then if the poses, which is where many people start, so if the asana resonates, then we start with the poses, okay? So, but teachers, you know, we're going to guide and we're going to support you, you know, through, we're going to guide you and support you, I should say, with developing, I believe, first, some acceptance and awareness. Okay, so we start where we are. Um, and the majority of us, I'm going to go with poses here. The majority of us are going to start in a weekly yoga class doing yoga poses. So um, we should have an awareness, right? And what is awareness, you guys? It's a deep level of understanding. Okay, um, awareness helps us. It helps us from repeating habitual patterns or habitual movements of patterns, the way that we move. Okay. Um, and awareness is the first step in any transformation. Okay. In any transformation. So yoga teaches us to, to develop awareness, whether that's through poses or meditation, you can do it either way, um, through either medium, I should say either step. Okay. Uh, meditation, it does, we do learn a lot about awareness and meditation as well. Okay. Um, so for me, it's a, it's accept, it's awareness um, first, and then there has to be an acceptance. So, you know, acceptance, of course, is the state of being accepted, right? It's to receive willingly, okay? And that's probably the hardest part of life, number one, right? But it, it, it's probably the hardest part of yoga um, is this being in this state of acceptance, you know, to receive willingly where we are, right? So... Um, we live in, in such a competitive world. Oh my goodness. Um, and, and even in this competitive yoga world now, it's really evolving into being this, this competitive sport. Um, and we're constantly reminded of what, let me backtrack for a second. This competitive world that we live in, we are constantly reminded of what 
and I'm putting this in quotations, beautiful is in the media, right? Um, or on so in the media, social media. Um, but we're constantly reminded of like what is considered beautiful. Okay. And then on top of that, um, you can even look at that in the yoga world now with people just posting all these poses of these perfect poses, let's say, um, out in nature, um, and what a pose, a perfect pose should look like. And, and so even some of the yoga, what I want to say, I don't want to, I don't want to say their names, magazines, um, do this too. You know, they're putting the perfect pose on the cover. Um, and that person has probably been practicing that pose for a very long time. No, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people that are just naturally flexible. Okay. So we are in this competitive world, you guys, and we need to start learning how to practice acceptance for ourselves, right? So to transform um, ourselves in any, in any, um, on any path or in the yoga poses, um, we need to learn acceptance. So I'm going to take it just to yoga poses. Cause that's probably what you guys identify with, but we have to have acceptance. Okay. Um, and without it, we will just keep repeating the same old patterns and behaviors. Okay. So I could talk about that in life, right? Um, if we are not accepting, if we're not aware of our patterns and our behaviors, then they're not going to change. But then if we do become aware of them, are we accepting of them to, uh, to be able to make the change? Okay. Um, so let me pose that question to you. How many of you are even aware that you repeat the same pattern in life or you're repeating the same behavior over and over. Okay. So I'm going to take pause with that for a moment because I believe life is about, you know, um, recognizing the pattern, recognizing the behavior. Many of us can go through our lives and repeating the same behavior over and over. And we don't even know that we're doing it. Okay. Where others can recognize it maybe after the second time that they do it. Like I'll say to you, I can recognize for me, I'm like, oh shit, I'm repeating, I'm repeating that behavior again. Like I might get it the second or the third time and then I try to stop it. Okay. So that's what I'm talking about with awareness, acceptance. Okay. Um, but in terms of yoga, you know, let's just say if you are out there and you're doing this, you know, yoga practice, do you have an awareness? Do you have an awareness of any of your physical limitations, right? Physical the physical poses. Um, and then I could say to you, maybe you are aware of them. And then are you accepting of those physical limitations for right now in your yoga practice? Okay. I hear a lot of people, they come to me and they say, I'm not going to do yoga because I'm not that flexible. I can't get into those poses. Well, yoga is not about that, right? And eventually we might get into them, we might not, okay? D depending on our physical body. But, um, you know, that that's like cultivating. I try to cultivate an awareness for that person that, hey, listen, you don't have to be this bendy, flexible pretzel to start a yoga practice, okay? So back to my question to you guys, though, you know, are you aware, again, of the behaviors and the patterns that you repeat, okay? Um and if some of them are negative, right? Are you accepting the negative patterns that you repeat? Um, and I'm, I'm just bringing this up to you guys because these are things to think about. So we all are at different places in our life. 
And we all have had different experiences, like I just said to you, and we have different emotions. That is why we come to a yoga practice where we are, okay? We all have different emotions. We've had different experiences and we're at different places in our lives. So doesn't mean that you're better of a person or less of a person. We are just where we are, okay? And from there, that is where we need to begin. But we have to recognize that first, okay? So let's take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about the physical or physical structure in a yoga practice. And we're back. So in this small segment, we'll discuss the physical body. And as I mentioned previously, we live in this very competitive world today and we have social media putting out what their image of beauty is, or I should say, um, the perfect pose, the perfect yoga pose. So we need to remember, or we need to be aware of, that each one of us will not do the yoga pose the same exact way. And that's due to our physical structure. And we also will not experience the pose the same way. And that's due to the physical structure and it's, but it's due to our mental and emotional space um, that we're in at that moment that we're doing the yoga pose. So looking at the physical structure, we have, we have people of different heights and different weights. So just look around you right now um, and compare yourself to the person near you. And just look at if, you, if you're a different height, different weight, um, looking at the body structure, right? The physical structure. So as I like to my example is if I'm 5'8 and I'm standing next to somebody that's 5'5, five five, we're going to have a different skeletal structure. So think about that one, right? Because I'm taller, my bones are going to be a little bit different. My femur bone, which I use a lot because it's the longest, strongest bone in the body, but that femur bone is going to be longer than the person standing next to me at 5'5. Five five. Now, we might even have different spinal columns. So some people are flat back, some people are sway back. And this is stuff that you don't need to know at this moment. I'm just wanting to point this out to you that our skeleton can be different. So we also have different muscles, right? So we do, we have lots, there's hundreds, what, 600 muscles in the body. We have different muscles. So we have different issues with the muscles. Some of us are gonna have tight muscles in our neck. Um, and some of us might have tight muscles in the legs. Okay. And this is all due to work stress, you know, type of jobs, lifestyle, and, and it can get down to genetics. So there's a lot to look at in our own physical body. But right now I just wanted to quickly talk about bone. We hear a lot about muscle in, um, exercise classes, but we might not hear so much about the skeleton. So I'm going to take you back to the femur bone. And as I said, there are various lengths. Um, they can be various shapes. Um, so as you know, the femur bone is in the thigh. It's the thigh bone, and one end goes to your knee. Um, and then the other end is where the femur, right, your thigh bone is going to connect the leg. It's going to sit in the hip joint and connect your leg to your torso. But at that other end, the bone is made up of the femur head, the ball. There is a space, the neck, to the greater trochanter. You don't need to know all that, all those terms. But the, the femur head is what fits into your hip socket, forming your hip joint. So it sits near your pelvis. 
Um, and it connects, like I said, it connects your leg to the torso. So this area, this area, area, <laughs> the um, femur head to the neck to the greater trochanter, that can be different sizes, meaning um, some of the femur heads are smaller than others. And then the neck area could be a, a shorter, a shorter length, right? So the distance between the neck to the greater trochanter can be shorter. So less space. What I'm translating this into less space, okay? And what does this have to do with yoga? Well, less less space perhaps in the hip joint. So um, let's look at uh, external rotation um, in the cobbler, cobbler pose where we are placing the soles of our feet together, bringing the heels a little bit closer to our groin area and the knees are falling out. So the right leg, the right knee is bending and, and it's going down to the floor. Nef left knee is bending and going down to the floor. So let's say that my femur, so I have a longer bone and then my femur head is bigger than yours. Okay. So that ball at the end of that, um, that bone, the femur head is bigger than yours. I might not have, and if that's the case, I might not have enough I might not have the same, let me say that, I might not have the same amount of space in my hip area as you do because of that bone, because that femur head is bigger. So as I bring my feet closer and my knees start to fall out, right, and the leg is starting to rotate, well, I'm rotating at the hip joint, at the hip socket, that's where rotation happens. And that leg, my leg and the bone starts to rotate, the femur head, right, of my bone might hit, hit, the pelvic bone before yours does. So that means that my external rotation of my leg will finish before yours. So you might still be able to rotate your leg all the way to the ground where mine might stop and my knees are gonna stay off the floor, okay? So again, my knees are not gonna get as low as yours. Um, bigger bone equals less space which equals shorter rotation in the pose. Hence, I will not be in the full expression of the cobbler pose. So let's say that I'm seeing these images out there of this perfect cobbler pose um, on social media and I'm not achieving that at the moment. Does that make my yoga worse than that picture? Does that make my yoga worse than yours? No, it doesn't because we're all different. We're all different and it gets down to bone structure. This is why we need to start where we are and we need to have awareness of this and then acceptance. So are there muscles that we need to deal with first? Absolutely. There's many muscles that can be worked in this area. Um, you know, there's connective tissue that needs to be worked first um, before we even think about our bone structure. But I want you to realize that all skeletal structures can be different and we don't hear enough about that. We don't hear enough about our bones. We can't change bone. Um, we can stretch the muscles. Um, we can work the connective tissue, but we can't change bone, okay? So don't feel any less of a yogi if the person is dropping their knees next to you um, and your knees are off the ground, okay? You don't know anything about that person next to you or the person in the picture. You don't know anything about their muscles, their bone structure, uh, their life experiences, their mental thoughts, their emotional thoughts at that moment. So mental and emotional thoughts come into play if they're even past 
um, thoughts that are loaded into her body, but there's even like in that present moment, what is that person's mental thought compared to yours, right? So if I'm a little stressed out, I might not be able to get my leg down, right? It might be blocking me in my mind. Okay. So anyway, um, and we'll talk about that as we move on this podcast, but this is why I say to you guys and all my students, it's a journey. Yoga is a journey. Some of us are flexible enough just to do the pose, right? We can just get into the pose. Majority of us are not, we're not. There's a lot that we need to work through, um, you know, with our muscles and our tissues. So, you know, you're probably like, how does she know this about the bone, right? I don't have an x-ray machine um, and you don't have an x-ray machine to look at your bones. This is why, so let me tie it back. This is why we do a private practice. This is why it always was a private practice with your teacher um, so that all of this could be studied. There has to be an awareness first and that awareness has to be cultivated of your own body and then you need to study yourself through your teacher or with your teacher okay so if you're an advanced yogi you might be able to do it right in the class if you're new to yoga if you're new to this journey maybe you can't and that's what i'm saying if you're going into these weekly classes and you're thinking you need to look like the person next to you or you're competing with yourself to get into this perfect pose and it's not happening um you might be getting a little frustrated you're not feeling flexible enough i'm here to tell you just take a deep breath just take a deep breath and realize that there is a link between the physical structure, the mental, emotional bodies to doing the pose, if that makes sense. Okay. And there's a lot of work to do to, you know, that we got to work through to, you know, before we even get to the bone structure, but have an awareness of the bone structure. Okay. So this is where, this is why we start from where we are. And again, it takes accept awareness. It takes acceptance um, of where you are in the moment to attain what is unattainable. Remember, that's a definition of yoga. To attain what is unattainable, okay? We have to start where we are. We have to cultivate awareness and acceptance, okay? To get into the asana, the perfect, uh, the perfect expression, let's say, um, that is perfect for you, right? We're all different. Now, of course, you know, there's much more to know about muscles, bones, connective tissues. As I say, the issues live in our tissues. <laughs> yep, that's right. The issues live in your connective tissues, my friends. Um, yes, they do. So we all have various degrees of issues living in our tissues, okay? And then and then they, get, they live in our organs as well. And this is the philosophy. This is the, um, you know, the excess emotion and issues um, get lodged in the tissues and even a physical injury and everything that comes along with a physical injury can get held onto in the body. Okay. And I don't, I don't know if you realize this and you don't need to right now. Um, I'm just introducing that concept to you. Um, if you're new to the journey, but as you progress on the journey of yoga, this is what we need to work on. This is what we need to work through because if they're not dealt with, they do accumulate and it leads to dis ease. So D-I-S hyphen E-A-S-E. Dis-ease. Okay. So the issues that are lodged in the tissues can lead to dis-ease. You're not feeling good, right? And then that leads to disease. So let's put those two words together, right? So D-I-S-E-A-S-E. -S -E. It can lead to dis-ease 
in the body. That's a tongue twister now. Okay, so a little introduction to you guys on the physical structure. Um, we don't have enough time to discuss all of it. It's just an intro to the bones, um, you know, and I want you to have an awareness. Again, it's an intro to an awareness. The first A of yoga is awareness, and then it's acceptance of where we are at the moment. And from there is where we start the practice. Okay, so let's take a little break, and we'll be right back. Okay, let's tie this all together. <laughs> After all, that's what yoga is about. Right? Or that's some of the definitions to join, to bind, to, to bring it all together. Okay? So if you're interested in yoga, again, we start where we are. It, it might be in a class, a weekly class. It might be with meditation. It might be with just reading some yoga books, okay? We start based on where our interests are, and then we progress. So if you are in a weekly class, I want you to understand and remember that your physical body is different than the person next to you, okay? Um, and so are your life experiences. So for those two reasons, you're not going to experience the pose the same way, okay? You're not going to have the same experience, then you're not gonna have the same experience in the asana i want you to, is what i'm trying to say to you guys okay so then from there know that um every week if you are going to a class weekly every week when you show up to that class your experience might be different than the week prior okay during that class and why is that well that would be because you've had another week of life Okay, we've had another week that has affected our physical body and that has affected our emotional and our mental body. So even if we're going to a weekly class, we're still showing up on that mat differently every week. So every week, just remember, you start from where you are. Okay, so have that awareness, my friends, awareness, and then there's acceptance. So have the awareness, accept where you are at the moment, accept any limitations, and just know that if you're breathing deeply, we haven't even talked about the breath yet. If you're breathing deeply and lovingly towards yourself, you are doing yoga. Okay. Yoga is a journey. It is a practice of non-competition. It is a practice of non-judgment, not only with the others in the room, but more importantly with yourself. We're not competing and we're not judging ourselves in a yoga class or from wherever we start. So that's acceptance. Okay. Have I confused you? <laughs> Maybe, but most of us start in a weekly class. That's where I started. But again, you know, one more time to hone in that point. Just know that you are a different being of light. You are a different being of light than the person next to you. You're no more, no less. You're just uniquely different. You are you, okay? So, um, what do I want to say here? So, any starting point, we start from any starting point, and the more we progress on the path, the more aware we become of the true nature of our being. And that, my friends, that, that comprises, that, that's our body, our mind, our breath, our thoughts, our emotions, okay? We start from any starting point, and that starting point is, you know, based on where we are, but if we're to become these complete human beings, we need to incorporate 
all aspects of our nature. So it has to be, we have to incorporate body, mind, breath, thoughts, emotions. Um, and more importantly, we have to also incorporate all the aspects of yoga, right? So the eight limb path. Okay. But we do it. We do it step by step. There's no rush. There's no rush on the journey, right? It's not a race, you guys. There's no race here. It's a journey. It's progression. So we do it step by step and we do it one rung at a time, one rung up the ladder. It's been described that way, you know, like climbing the ladder. So we do it one rung at a time. Okay. So you are you, you're going to be you and you're going to be yoga. Um, and you're going to be fresh. Um, always, always keeping it fresh. Uh, we'll be right back. We're going to take a little break and we'll be right back with some contact information. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Fresh Yogini at Be Yoga Fresh. I invite you to subscribe to my blog at www.beyogafresh.com. That's B B E Yoga Fresh F R E S H dot com. I also invite you to send me a message or or send me an email at beyogafresh at gmail com. To schedule a 30-minute complimentary phone call with me, I do offer private yoga classes and one-on-one yoga therapy sessions. So let me help you find your center. Until then, be you, be yoga, and be fresh. Peace out, peeps. Thank you.